This is Adventure Nannies On Air. I'm Shenandoah. And I'm Brandy. Our company is Adventure Nannies, and we talk about nannying, traveling, professional development, and also whatever we want. We'll try to keep our potty mouths to a minimum, but this podcast is not suitable for kids. You can find out more about us at adventurenannies.com. Welcome back to Adventure Nannies on Air. It's a pleasure to be chatting with you all again. I have Shenandoah here reporting to you from week 11 of COVID-19 in Tacoma. I got Brandy here reporting from week 11 also. I guess I'm actually on like week 15 because I was quarantined before from Denver. Yeah, you went in, you went into quarantine a little bit early while I was trapped in Europe. Yeah. For that fun part of the spring. Um, And we are so excited because we have a special guest with us today. Mary, can you introduce yourself and just tell everyone who you are? Yes, of course. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. My name is Mary Mealy, and I am a longtime educator. I have a company that is called Evolved Education, and we support teachers as well as have tutoring and consulting services for families. It's really my pleasure to be here to talk shop with you guys today. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. Yes, and it was such a such a kind of joy to learn about your company, you know, a little over a month ago as so many families were reaching out to us with homeschooling questions and trying to figure out what to do in the fall. I would love to just hear a little bit more about your company and why you started it and sort of this huge shift that you've seen in the last couple of months is now all of a sudden every family in the country is thinking about homeschooling next year. Right, exactly. Well, you know, my company was formed very organically because I was teaching in schools before I started tutoring myself. And as I started tutoring and really partnering with families to help them to educate their children, I found myself feeling as though I was on an island, you know, working on my own, feeling really lonely, feeling like we didn't really have as as I was sort of passing other tutors in in the work that we were doing on the street, we didn't really have a place to go to to be professional in the work that we were doing. And so I really wanted to create a company that would support the kind of professional work that I knew was going on in the space of tutoring and consulting. And we're based in New York City, but I've lived all over the country as a child. And so it really has allowed me to have a wider viewpoint of education in terms of what's happening in other places and a curiosity of what's happening in other places as well. So I feel, you know, that when I, when I was sort of in that space of being alone and sort of having this really important business of working on my own, I decided to start Evolved so that I could service more families, but also really partner with other educators who were interested in doing this kind of work. And I wrote a book called Supporting School, a guidebook for parents and educators with a colleague of mine who initially 
was working here at Evolved in the early days with me, Deanna Hyslop, who is now an amazing behavior specialist as well as ADHD coach. And she's gone on to do wonderful things in that arena. And Mm -hmm. we really just wanted to write about a paradigm of holistic tutoring support where we really look at a child's academic performance, their learning work and how they learn best as well as their social, emotional, and physical development, both at home and in school, so that we could really provide these very holistic and targeted support programs for kids. And it really took off, and we've been in business for now over six years, and uh, it's been a really wonderful place for me to evolve and grow my skills in working with students from nursery Mm -hmm. school all the way through high school. And, you know, when COVID hit, it was already happening that we had started something called the teaching school in January of 2020. And its aim was going to be to form a program to teach people who are interested in tutoring this holistic uh, paradigm of tutoring. And I really found myself pivoting really quickly into teaching my staff and tutors here how to tutor online. (laughs) So I started that whole project and we created a course for teachers Mm -hmm. and helped them with that piece. And now we're getting so many inquiries from parents. And I know you are in your your work as well. You know, parents, I think, are are now really trying to Mm -hmm. keep their children very safe, but also... They need child care. They need to make sure that children are taken care of while they're working. And it's become really much more of an ask of us to create these homeschool programs during the summer, but also in the next school year. And so we've now created this support program that we're producing for teachers or nannies, whoever is really going to be caring for the children next year. We're having a lesson uh, structure in in July for these teachers to really learn about some of the ways they can pivot their own work to really support kids at this time. And then during the year, we're going to offer them support. So I can talk more about that, you know, as we go along. But that's kind of how this has all transformed for us, which has been really interesting, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, just, yeah, it's been an exciting few months. Um, I know that a lot of the parents that I've talked to in the last couple months, all of a sudden, you know, they're not families who are really thinking about homeschooling. They It kind of only got on the radar once all of a sudden this kind of given, which was your kids are going to go to school every day, went away. Right. Um, and so a lot of parents right now, they're so focused with the safety and the health concerns and just needing to have some kind of reliable education for their kids in the fall. But I would love to hear from you what some of the benefits are that maybe families aren't thinking about right now because they're, you know, the world is in an emergency state. But what are the benefits of having a child or a student learn one-on-one in a, you know, in a tutoring or a homeschool environment versus a larger classroom setting that we probably won't see, you know, with any reliability for the next 
year or so. Right. Yeah, what's the silver lining of this? Yeah, <laughs> well, there. I think there's a lot of silver lining, actually. I sort of feel very optimistic about what's happening because I've always been a very personalized educator, and I've always felt very strongly about making sure that educators are empowered to get to know their students on a very intimate level and be able to respond to the the students and help the students to learn the curriculum as opposed to a structure of curriculum Mm -hmm. really leading the journey of education. And I think that right now what we're seeing is that our systems are set up in such a way that we really are looking at top-down education. And what this uh, pandemic is forcing us to do, and parents are really faced with this right now, they see it, their kids are learning this curriculum and yet they're seeing that the way that their child learns is unique and we we do as a field we really understand this but we have not really been empowered with the structure in the mainstream sense at least to reach our students in the way I'm talking about right so I think it's a really important opportunity for parents to partner with educators and empower educators at this point who are interested in really getting to know their kids and helping their children to really arrive at the learning experience in the way they're going to which is really what homeschooling in its in its real sense is is all about right it has this very special place for parents who have decided to pull their children from the the mainstream school system in in its history. And they have set up a way to teach kids based on their interests and based on following their lead. And it's uncomfortable, I think, for bureaucracies and for government and, you know, people who really have to perhaps Mm -hmm. have structure of supervision and accountability and all these things to release the control to so many individuals who might be going in 10 different directions, right? But I definitely think there's a way to do what I'm talking about, which is really personalizing the experience and still have a common base Mm -hmm. of education that most people experience, right? So we're talking about the fundamentals, of course, like We need kids to learn to read. We need them to learn about mathematics. We need them to become problem solvers and be exposed to general knowledge in history and science as well as a foreign language. We want them to engage in art and drama and music and technology. So these are all things that we want children to have experiences within, but the way that we go about it doesn't always have to be the exact same for every child, right? And every family. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of a unique opportunity for us to really look at our educational structure and be critical of why we have what we have in place right now and whether we've kind of just followed the lead of what's comfortable and, and maybe this will cause us to think about changing that for the betterment of our young people, really, right? And um, I think our field does know more about learning right now. And I think we know that what I'm talking about in terms of personalizing education is actually a very uh, well-researched and evidence-based way of teaching that does support kids. So... Yeah, so I think it could be very positive is my is my point. Um, at the same time, it, it 
there's lots of challenges that that everyone's facing right now, right? I mean, no question, no question. And parents are really (laughs) at the forefront once again of trying to figure all of this out, which is really hard. I have three kids too, so I totally get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that we were, um, Brandy had written down as a question because other than the number one biggest kind of stressor or concern that we've heard is from parents who have been trying to homeschool for the last month or two of the school year. And they like they don't feel like they have the skills or they don't feel like they're good at it. And so we would love to hear a little bit about what like what drives people to your program, like what those stressors are that Evolved Ed really helps them with. And like as much of a pep talk or confidence booster, Mm -hmm. like I was homeschooled until high school. And I think that, you know, a lot of parents and even nannies who are really educationally focused just have this mindset of like, well, I could never do that. I could never learn how to be a teacher. That's so hard. So how do you, Mm. how do you support those folks? Yeah, sure. Well, I think, I think what you're saying is that, you know, some parents, this uh, teaching is perhaps something they feel they could do. And for other parents, they just because they had a child doesn't necessarily make them the educator of the uh, for the child, right? And in some, in mm-hmm. many cases, that's actually not the best scenario, right? Because we know from child development, for example, that children will look will look to their parents for approval and acceptance. And when we're in the teaching role and we're really teaching all of the subjects, sometimes a child will be vulnerable and will not necessarily want to engage in the learning process with their parent because of Mm -hmm. that relationship. It just depends on also the child. It depends on the parent. It depends on a lot of things. But usually parents will come to us because they do feel overwhelmed and they do feel as though this is really out of their skill set. And there's a reason Mm -hmm. why teachers are actually teachers. It's a profession, right? We've, We've all gone to school. We've all learned a lot. what we're doing is usually an area of strength for us. And so we Mm -hmm. understand how to do this, but you know, for a lot of people, it's, it's not the case. So you'll, you know, you'll have parents coming to us who say, please just take this off my hands. Like, I don't know what to do. And I, I know somebody else will know what to do and I'm better at doing this than teaching. So if you could just teach, that would be great, right? And so we can kind of take over Mm -hmm. in that regard. But other times parents come because they really want to partner with us and they want to learn about what we're doing and how they can help their child and learn tools and skills to teach as well as to support their children in academics. So that's fine too. It just depends on, I guess, you know, again, the, the constructs of the family dynamic and also the parents' abilities to be there for their child. I mean, we have plenty of parents who have very time-consuming jobs, and they really can't be teaching their children all day long because they're tasked with being at their jobs all day long, right? So it's definitely those set of parents that we do serve as well. Yeah, we have a lot of nannies right now that are kind of put into the role of being an educator, but they don't have an education background. And then we've also got the parents who are suddenly educators, as you just mentioned. What would you say are the best traits if a family is looking for a nanny to step in as a education, like a a tutor to supplement their education? 
So the first thing to do, I, I mean, I think it's very important to make sure that you're bringing a level of positivity to the experience. So having a really positive and cheerful attitude, we call it bringing the climate into the room. So if you're excited about the task that you're going to be doing with the child, usually the child's going to follow your lead. So the first thing is that. The second thing that you want to do is just make sure that you understand how the child's going to work through the learning activity and, and what sort of the objectives are. So it's a little more technicality there, right? So if you, if you for example, need them to understand a piece of text, you are going to have to have that text and you're going to have to have read it ahead of time. And you're going to have to also understand how, what kinds of questions related to the text your student might struggle with. If you're teaching math, you're going to have to know that math ahead of time and you're going to have to also know how to engage your student in understanding the mathematics. So it's it's sort of the planning piece of teaching is also going to be important. So that's another thing. Having also a rapport and a relationship with your student that provides safety in learning. Like I usually start off a lot of my sessions with students by saying, this is a perfectly acceptable place to ask questions. There is no one testing you here. We're going to be on the same, you know, even playing field with our learning right now. If I don't know something, I'm going to say it too. So showing your vulnerabilities as a model is really helpful in the experience of learning. And also, I think being reasonable as a sort of a fourth tip is is also important. Many times as adults, we can handle a lot. So we handle a good amount of tasks on a daily basis. We can handle a good amount of work on a daily basis. But we have to keep in mind the expectations for the child sitting in front of us. And what we might need to do is really what we call scaffold the experience and sort of deliver one piece at a time to the child to not overwhelm them. Or if we see them sort of melting down, the behavior will tell us that we've done a little too much. And that's always okay to back off and just say, okay, redo. Let's take a 10 and go play whatever you want to play. We'll Mm -hmm. come back. I'll (laughs) regroup and try to reorganize this so that it's a little more attainable, right? So I always say like, you know, a lot of your folks might be teaching this year for the first time. If you're a nanny, you're teaching for the first time. If you're a parent, you're teaching for the first time. Any teacher who you talk to is going to talk about their first year of teaching being a wild ride of learning experiences. And the best of us who got through that year had a a good amount of support from teachers who've been there. So another great piece of advice is to really buddy up, (laughs) partner up. And that's really what our company is hoping to provide this year is that mainstay, you know, place that people can come to to get support and just to talk shop to reflect on the lessons that have happened. Some of them are going to be wins and some of them are going to be fails. And it's really part of the process of teaching. That's all very normal. None of that is going to make or break your child's educational journey if let's say they have a lesson that doesn't go quote unquote perfectly, right? So having support is also another really important piece. Any questions about what I what I just said? I don't know if there were anything anything there you wanted me to dig more into. Well, that was great. I would absolutely love to hear you explain your five pillars of your education philosophy. Sure. Yes. Whoa. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> well, um, you know, first of all, um, my the paradigm that I wrote about has at the crux of it just this academic 
inquiry. So we really want to get to know the child's academic skills and sort of where they are with their understanding of the foundational reading, writing, or, you know, mathematics, problem solving, um, fund, general fund of knowledge of history or science, that kind of thing. So surely we want to know about that. Mm-hmm. More so, we also want to know sort of how has school gone so far for this child. So if you're teaching for the first time, you definitely want to know about those kinds of things because some years may have been amazing. Some years may have had some different obstacles to it and then there are gaps that are formed there. So it's really helpful to do a nice thorough inquiry into the academic arena of a child. The next sort of pillar is learning. And I'm really a big, big, big scientist when it comes to learning and students. I want to really take data in and understand how they do this learning and what is happening that's working for them and what is really an obstacle. I think you can also think of yourself right now. Maybe you're learning something new now. A lot of us are, right? And maybe some of that is working for you in an amazing way Mm -hmm. and some of it is actually really hard for you. And maybe you can start to think about what makes learning happen well for you. In that exploration, you might be able to bond with a child and figure out how they learn best. Um, There's a lot of... Uh, really great sites out there. One of them is called understood.org, which I love because they give you a lot of really nice information about different types of learning differences, but also if let's say you want to make sure a child is developing strong executive functioning, which is a very important part of the mm-hmm. learning process, you can learn more about those kinds of learning strategies using a site such as that. What I would just say, the biggest thing, if you're not an expert in learning, is just to do what I said before. Be the scientist. Try to make observations about how your student is doing within mm-hmm. their learning. Take in the data, write it down, and then you can always confer with someone who's been there, who does more of this than you do, to get ideas on how to really reach your student and help them to learn how to learn well. The next construct has to do with the social, emotional, and physical development of a child. So I think every educator should always be looking at this. And since I developed this paradigm in maybe this is now four or something years ago, um, you know, there's a very popular program from Yale University called the Ruler Program, which many schools have implemented, which really talks about regulation and an understanding of your emotions and your emotional response to different situations. And surely if, you know, you um, have any background in any kind of like psychology, you'll realize that if a child is not feeling well socially, emotionally, or physically, there is little learning that is going to happen. So if a child in homeschooling, let's say next year is very isolated from everyone, they're going to feel the effects of that. So a very important part of our instruction with teachers is talking about what kind of social, emotional, and physical development do we expect from each age group so that they can be informed and really think outside the box in terms of satisfying those needs. It's really, really crucial. And then going forward, we have, of course, the school environment, which 
in in the United States at least, we have so many options that parents really have to explore, depending on their means, of course. But it's it's really vast. There are many different approaches that schools take to education, and sometimes those experiences in that environment is a real match to the family and to the student, and other times、mm-hmm. it's a terrible match. <laughs> and so we definitely want to look at what's happening in the school environment that is. Supporting or not supporting the student, right, and the、mm-hmm. family as well, and then the last but not least component would be the home environment, which is really crucial to look at as well. And many schools will not necessarily jump into this part of a child's learning experience as much as perhaps they are supposed to right now, right? But it's really crucial because a student is going to be affected by what's happening in the home. And whether they're able to do a project, or whether they're able to、mm-hmm. work through homework, or they have enough time to study, or have the support from the home environment to do the kinds of things they need to do, that's also something important to look at, right? So these are just the mainstays of what I believe is most important when we think about a child developing within their education. Awesome. Mary, I know we're almost out of time. Is it okay if I ask you one more quick question before we wrap up? Yeah, a hundred percent. Go for it. Thank you. So I know right now, Evolved Ed is really providing so much empowerment and knowledge for parents and nannies who are kind of becoming first-time teachers this fall, or allowing teachers to kind of freshen up on their. Um, at-home teaching skills. What advice do you have for all of the teachers who, you know,、mm-hmm. similar to it sounds like your path, are going from teaching in a larger classroom environment to teaching one-on-one in people's homes this fall for the first time? Yes. What a good. What a <laughs> great question. I think it has to do with a couple of things. First of all. It has the success. There has to do with really jumping into your wider perspective of work.、Mm-hmm. So you know, no longer are you really working on the academic piece that's supported by your school,、mm-hmm. right? You are now really in charge of this whole person, as I mentioned before. So I think the first thing to do is just to make sure you really broaden your viewpoint and get. Comfortable in looking at the student in that like very holistic point of view, but I also、mm-hmm. would have some fun with this because you know if you're coming from the classroom where you have been usually you're told what you need to accomplish in that classroom based again on the curriculum, and if certain students aren't meeting the curriculum, you have to move on, and maybe you can meet with the students a little bit, but you're really driven by that curriculum map. And the school environment is really leading you, and in this case, you get to move into getting to know this kid, and you get to really empower this little being in front of you and get to know them intimately. It's a ton of fun, and so I would sort of also just embrace this opportunity to get to. Really influence a life and a, and a trajectory of education during a really challenging time, which I think is very cool.、Mm-hmm. And then, just lastly, I would just make sure that you also look into the homeschool support that you could have right now that would really help you to make sure you're 
feeling good. You have to always take care of yourself as the person who is in charge of another. It's such a big, important part of the work that we caretakers do. So, you know, making sure that you have that support in the work that you're doing is going to be really setting you up for great success, Mm -hmm. I think, too, because it won't be there. You won't have it from the school, right? You have to really create it yourself. Yeah. So all of those things are exciting. (laughs) Amazing. Wonderful. Thank you so much for chatting with us, Mary. Um, And can you just remind everyone listening of your website and where people can go to learn more about you and Evolved Ed? Oh, wonderful. Yes. So you can find us at evolvededcom. So that's uh, two EDs at the end, I always say. So it's E-V-O-L-V-E-D-E-D.com. And we offer some free webinars coming up. We're having one just to introduce teachers to our teaching program for this summer on June 2nd. So I hope uh, to see teachers there if they can make it. If they have missed it, there will be a taped version of it sitting in our YouTube channel. So I invite everyone to be there if they can. And I'm here to help. I love talking shops. So always happy to talk with anyone doing this kind of work. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate you so much, Mary, and I know that a lot of people are going to need your help this fall. Um, So we'll include that link in the show notes as well. And feel free to email us at podcastatadventurenannies.com if you have any questions for Mary or for us or any specific situations that you would love some advice on. And we will speak to you soon. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more, visit us at adventurenannies.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. To send us love letters, questions, or ideas for future episodes, email us at podcast at adventurenannies.com. Bye. Bye.